Things may actually get worse for the New Orleans Saints at pass catcher before they ever get better. Deontay Harris sentenced after his offseason arrest, what it could mean for the rest of his 2021 season, what the advanced analytics have to say about his importance being on the field for the Saints, and what those numbers have to say about the Saints' loss and upcoming decision to be made at the quarterback position. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into another episode, an Analytics Tuesday episode today of Locked On Saints, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks as always for making us your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget we're here and available for you free and on all platforms, including on YouTube as well. I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson, NOLA on Twitter, Canal Street Chronicles, Locked on NFL, and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked on Saints. And on today's episode, we got to start off here with Deontay Harris at the New Orleans Saints wide receiver position or really pass catcher situation because it might get worse before it gets better. So as you might recall, Deontay Harris was arrested over the offseason with a DWI in uh, Maryland, outside of Baltimore, wasn't in Baltimore, but outside of Baltimore, Maryland. And we were kind of waiting to see if that was going to impact his availability to start the season. But we said that because of the timeline with the arrest happening in June, July, that it might not really, we might not hear anything about it until mid-season. Well, here we are now mid-season. And as we expected, the sort of court case has now resolved and Deontay Harris has been sentenced. Thankfully, no jail time, nothing like that. He actually wasn't even considered guilty or given any type of a verdict in this one. He did plead not guilty, but he was given effectively the opportunity to uh, move ahead with supervised probation for a year. That supervised probation will end November 8th of 2022. So that means that this could end up having some nuance to it that is a little bit more kind of detailed than what we saw a couple of seasons ago with P.J. Williams, who pled guilty, was found guilty, was charged, and then was suspended for two games. Now, remember, one of the big details here is that with the collective bargaining agreement adjustment over the course of the last offseason or so, they have adjusted the minimum sort of uh, suspension term for DUI, DWI, those types of offseason incidents and arrests. Uh, to a minimum of three games. Now, we it's hard to talk about this topic without the sort of lingering shadow of what happened in Vegas, which is the reason that you have these types of punishments to weed this out of the culture and not create a culture that supports this type of behavior, which leads to situations like the Henry Rugg situation in Las Vegas. This is not that. Thankfully, it did not get to that point. Although, Deontay Harris was speeding, he was driving, and he was swerving in and out of traffic. But thankfully, there was no collision. There was nothing like that. He was stopped by local police. He was given a you know a field breathalyzer and given sort of field sobriety test, which he failed, and then showed a bunch of the you know signs that they look for in someone that is under the influence. So he was given a bunch of charges, including driving while intoxicated, driving under the influence, things like that, and now got to this point where now finally the trial is over. Now, like we mentioned, no jail time, anything like that, supervised probation for a year. 
and no real official guilty verdict in all of this because they sort of just went with a statement of facts over every, you know, over you know full on procedure. So where the nuance comes in is that now that the court case is done and that the sentence has been held has been sort of handed down, this would effectively open up the opportunity for the NFL to now say, okay, we're going to suspend now. So now they sort of get to take it from this point and then have their own sort of independent uh, sort of punishment that comes from all this. So that's really the part that we're waiting to hear about next. Will Deontay Harris be suspended for three games? It's absolutely possible that it could happen. Now, again, with the nuances that we've discussed, we might see, you know, one game suspension, two game suspension, potentially no suspension. It's kind of weird, right? We don't really know which way this is going to go just yet. And in any case, it makes sense, right? The NFL has to have some type of policy punishment that is affixed to this, that's attached to this, because of the nature of the crime, the nature of the conduct, right, for the New Orleans Saints or for for the NFL uh, and the National Football League. So this isn't, you know, some bad call on the field. This isn't, you know, the terrible taunting rule changes that we saw impact Monday Night Football again. It's not that. This is, I think, a little bit more serious, a, a lot more serious than that, in that it could end up jeopardizing lives and health and safety. So with all of that, we'll see what happens when it comes to this Deontay Harris situation. Will Deontay Harris be suspended? Will he not be? I think it's likely that he will be. So what does it mean for the New Orleans Saints if they do end up losing Deontay Harris for three games with only nine games remaining on the schedule? Well, it's a huge detriment to them. He's the third most targeted player in the passing game. He is the uh, player with the third most receptions in the passing game as well. He is the player with the, he's the leading receiver in terms of receiving yards with 323. He ends up putting together outside of all the players that have been targeted more than like five or so times. He has the most yards per reception at 15.4. So he helps to stretch the field. He helps pick up yards for you. He helps pick up yards after catch for you as well. He has the longest reception so far this season at 72 yards, a big touchdown against the Washington football team. He's got two touchdowns on the season. It's very clear that Deontay Harris has been your most reliable wide receiver so far this season. Now, he doesn't have the most receptions of any wide receiver. That comes down to Marquez Callaway. Marquez Callaway also has the most targets of any receiver as well. But in terms of the guy that you have seen make play after play after play so far this season, it comes down to Deontay Harris. And not only is he that for you in the passing game, but he's also your prolific uh, kick returner and punt returner and special teamer as well that could help to flip the field and change the sort of you know pacing of a game or change the complexion of a game with one big play. I mean, he is your home run hitter in just about every sense of the word when it comes down to the special team side, as well as contributions in the passing game, which is where the New Orleans Saints worked so hard to get right this season and have had so much trouble so far this year. And let's be real, Harris has already missed a game this season, and we saw a little bit of the impact there after the hamstring injury that he suffered against the Washington football team. And now you could potentially end up missing him for up to three games, another third of the season that you have remaining. That's not great for the New Orleans Saints that are already struggling so much in the passing game and particularly at the pass catching positions. So that's just looking at the basic numbers, targets, receptions, touchdowns, yards, stuff like that. If we look at the advanced metrics, you can really start to get a glimpse at just how important Deontay Harris has been to this uh, passing game in terms of trying to keep it alive. So we'll look at those numbers next as we continue on with our Analytics Tuesday episode here at Locked on Saints. But before we get to that, I want to talk about 
some other numbers, the numbers of you that are enjoying the best tasting protein bar on the market. Get in on that number, as they like to say, uh, over with Built.com, where you can check out the best tasting protein bar on the market. Instead of taking in 300 grams of like, or 300 calories and you know, massive amounts of sugar with this Thanksgiving when you're talking about, you know, your pies that you have for dessert and everything like that, 130 to 180 calories or something just as sweet, something just as tasty with only four or five grams of sugar, but you're getting 17, 18 grams of protein and you don't feel bad afterwards. You can go with a cookies and cream built bar, for instance, you're, you can go with a, a raspberry and chocolate built bar. They're covered in hundred percent chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew, mad enjoyable. They're awesome. So go and check them out over at built dot com. And the only thing even better than that is a Black Friday sale. And of course, there's going to be a big Black Friday sale for you that you can check out at built.com. But until then, make sure you use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, so you can get a 15% discount on your first order, your next order, doesn't matter. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, family, welcome back to today's episode of Locked On Saints, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks again, as always, for making us your first listen of the day. Don't forget to go and check out my good friend Jake Madison over at Locked On Pelicans as well. You know, we love our New Orleans shows and our Louisiana shows here at the Locked On Podcast Network. So now I get to talk about the stuff that I'm a little bit more comfortable talking about, which is numbers, stats, nerd stuff. So let's get into that. I love me some nerd stuff. So let's talk a little bit about how important Deontay Harris is from a nerd perspective, from a number perspective, getting a little bit deeper. Now we talked about him being the leading receiver in terms of yardage, being you know the second most targeted player in the passing game, all of that. That's all great. Gives you an idea of like the volume in terms of how he's utilized. But let's talk about more specifically how he is utilized. And the simple answer is every way possible, um, Deontay Harris gives you the best of what you need. Let's look at some of these numbers. We'll start with contested catch percentage and contested catches across for the New Orleans Saints so far. Right now, the New Orleans Saints have thrown uh, 23 passes that are considered by Pro Football Focus as contested catch targets. So times where you have a defender that's leaping in 50-50 balls, things like that, defenders trying to make a play on the ball, all that. So 23 of those targets so far with 11 catches, that's a 47.8% completion percentage on contested catches. It's actually not that bad. You look at other wide receiver needy teams like the Detroit Lions, their percentage right now is 31%, nine for 29. The Philadelphia Eagles are absolutely atrocious right now. So it could be much worse for the New Orleans Saints. If you look back to 2020, they're not super far off from where they were. The big difference though was one specific player, obviously. They were 21 of 39 throughout the full season last year. 54%. So you're talking about, you know, a bit of a a 7% difference at this point with an entire season or entire half a season still left to play. And of course, the big difference last year is that 11 of 39 were, sorry, 21 of 39 were the total numbers, but Michael Thomas accounted for 11 of 15 uh, of those. So 11 catches on 15 contested targets. Now, your best contested catch player so far this season with more than you know a, a pair of targets is actually Deontay Harris, surprisingly enough. Three targets, two catches, a 66.7% completion percentage in contested catch situations. Your most targeted player with a 50% completion percentage is Marquez Calloway in contested catch situations. He has 10 of those targets with five catches. 
Now, Deontay Harris, we're talking about a small sample size there, only two of three. And remember, the one of them was the uh, big interception that happened a couple of weeks ago as well. Up in that, was that the Giants game? Yeah, the Giants game, the Bradbury interception. So <laughs> I don't think you can really look at this and say, hey, Deontay Harris is your contested catch monster on the field, but he's contributed in that way, which is a way that you would not expect him to contribute. I mean, if his contested catch percentage is 66.7, then his contested catch percentage over expected is probably plus 66.7 because he stands at 5.6. But let's look a little bit further and a little bit deeper into that. Let's look at yards after catch. Yards after catch per reception so far this season, not great for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, you know, Really, the guy that is last place for you right now is 1.4, which is Marquez Callaway, but your best is, you guessed it, Deontay Harris at 5.8 yards after catch per reception. So he's not only making tough catches for you, but he's also getting yards after catch when he gets the ball in his hands. Just for record's sake, because we're talking about how this New Orleans Saints passing you know, game can get a little bit better, let's just say that the New Orleans Saints were to add Odell Beckham Jr. So far this season, and this is just this season, Odo Beckham Jr., 3.6 yards after catch per reception so far this year. So Deontay Harris is still giving you way ahead of what you need in that metric. Um, for the record as well, when it comes down to Odo Beckham Jr., um, you know, we'll see. He's on waivers now officially. We won't find out until Tuesday night whether or not he has passed through waivers or Tuesday afternoon. And then we'll see what happens with free agency there. If you heard Pete Carroll's uh, press conference on Monday, Sounds like Seattle might be a little bit more involved than a lot of folks anticipated, even as early as the waiver period. So we'll see what happens there. Um, next thing I want to take a look at is separation because it has been a big part of the conversation for the New Orleans Saints wide receivers and pass catchers so far this entire season. Drops were a big part of week nine, but before drops were ever really a part of the conversation, separation has been a huge part of where the New Orleans Saints have struggled so far in the passing game. And it should be of no surprise, considering the theme of this uh, conversation, who your best player is when it comes to uh, when it comes to separation so far this season. Marquez Callaway, 2.3. Adam Trotman, 2.3. That's yards of separation per snap and per route run. Deontay Harris is your best at 3.7 yards per uh, th- yards per route run. So that's that's a pretty big delineation there. That's that's uh, what uh, uh, effectively another yard and a half of separation that Deontay Harris is creating than some of your other top uh, pass catchers. For the record, Odell Beckham Jr. 2.7 this season, and that's not just about this season. 2.6 last year, 2.6 the year before that, and three back in 2018. So that's been pretty consistent in terms of the amount of separation that he creates over the course of his career. Now, week nine, three of the six worst players in creating separation, pass catchers in creating separation, were New Orleans Saints. The absolute worst across the entire NFL for that week was Kenny Stills at 0.9 yards. That was the worst. Uh, Marquez Callaway was at 1.7 yards uh, of separation. And Adam Troutman was at 1.1 yards of separation, third worst in the NFL. The exception, you guessed it, Deontay Harris, 3.6 yards of separation. Uh, on average in week nine. So that really shows you whether it's making tough catches, whether it's bailing out a quarterback if need be, whether it's creating separation, whether it's creating yards after the catch, picking up additional yards after the catch, no matter how it is that you want to look at it, if you want to look at it on the basic perspective of targets, catches, all of that, or if you want to look at it in the advanced perspective, 
Deontay Harris is simply the most important piece that you have in your passing game, not named Alvin Kamara, at least as of right now, when it comes to your general skill position, pass catching players. And now you could potentially lose him for three games. Not ideal for the New Orleans Saints. Also not ideal for the New Orleans Saints was dropping that week nine game against the Atlanta Falcons, especially after battling back from an 18 point deficit. Let's get a little bit more context as to why that loss happened. And we'll also get a little bit more context into maybe some future conversation at the quarterback spot as the season rolls along as well. So we'll continue on and wrap up our analytics Tuesday by breaking down more of the numbers here on Locked on Saints. But first, I, I got another set of numbers that I want to talk to you about. We talked about Built Bar and the numbers of you that are enjoying those. Now let's talk about gas prices, those numbers, because those numbers are doing what you wish that the New Orleans Saints yards of separation uh, were doing, which is skyrocketing right now. And so I want to help you out. The Get Upside app is going to help you. Go to your app store right now, your Apple app store, Google Play, whatever it is that you use, and search for the Get Upside app. Download it for free, and it's going to help you save a ton at the gas pump. Because every time that you fill up at select gas stations, you're going to save up to 25 cents per gallon every time that you fill up. No questions asked, no contracts, no weirdness, nothing like that. It's just that simple. It's an awesome, awesome app. And again, it's free. So go and download it. And when you download it, Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN so that you can actually get another 25 cents on your first fill up. That's 50 cents per gallon on your first fill up. You're going to be able to get those in cash out whenever you want. Get those, you know, some folks are doing a monthly, getting $200, $300 back per month. You can get it directly to your bank account, to your PayPal account. You can get it as an Amazon gift card or other brands as well. Get upside, get 25 cents back per gallon every time that you fill up. And once again, use that promo code TOUCHDOWN to get that. 50 cents back per gallon on your first fill up to get upside app wherever you get your apps. Let's get it, Huda Nation. Wrapping up today's episode with more nerdy, nerdy numbers and our analytics Tuesday episode. We always like to dive into the numbers. I want to talk about the offense just a little bit more and the passing game, but I want to shift it over now to the quarterback perspective because we were talking about the lack of separation that's been created by these New Orleans Saints pass catchers, particularly in week nine. And because of that, it sort of has this interesting impact on Trevor Simeon in the quarterback situation. And here's an example of how all this works out. You have a defense that ends up giving up three red zone touchdowns, despite the fact that they were the best red zone defense coming into this week, allowing a conversion rate in terms of touchdowns of only 44%, right? So you give up those, those three touchdowns in the red zone. That creates a big deficit when you're having trouble moving the ball on offense because you have pass catchers that aren't creating separation. So what that means is that you're forced to throw the ball because you're in that hole, you're in that point deficit, regardless of whether or not they're creating separation. So you're not throwing to open receivers anymore. You're throwing to receivers and hoping that they make a play. What that does is that that creates a more aggressive quarterback in terms of the day. So here's how this ended up impacting. If you look at the entire season so far through the first nine weeks of the NFL season, you can find looking at like next gen stats, for instance, the aggressive throw percentage or the throws that the percentage of throws that are made by a quarterback in which a defender is within one yard of the receiver that, it, you know, at, at the time of completion or incompletion, whatever it might be. Um, Trevor Simeon is top five in the NFL <laughs> after starting one week and coming in and relief of a quarterback for another week. So you can basically say like one in three quarters of a week effectively. Um, 
18.6%. That's top five in the NFL. It's fifth in the NFL so far this season. And this wasn't what the New Orleans Saints had been doing all season. Because as Larry Holder over at The Athletic observed, the New Orleans Saints have struggled in separation, but they were at an all-time low in week nine in terms of where they've been so far this year. Now, Jameis Winston, who had been the starting quarterback up until his injury, only 11.8% aggressive throw percentage. That's bottom five in the NFL. So polar opposite of what ta- uh, what excuse me uh, Trevor Simeon ended up having to do in week nine. So these are how all these things impact one another. Let's go a little bit further. We observed last week how we would see this offense change a bit in terms of where targets are going and what the throw distribution is for a guy like Trevor Simeon as opposed to a guy like uh, Jameis Winston. What we had observed with Jameis Winston up until his injury was that they were really only throwing the ball over the middle of the field five to seven times per game on average. We saw that change immediately in week eight against Tampa Buccaneers once Trevor Simeon went in. He was very heavy over the middle of the field, down from the line of scrimmage, as well as close to the line of scrimmage within 10 yards all across the field. I think you saw that exact same thing in this game against the Atlanta Falcons. 16 passes over the middle of the field beyond the line of scrimmage. And then in terms of sticking short to the line of scrimmage, left, middle, or or right, didn't matter. You saw 18 passes short of the first down marker. This is another way that you can gauge aggression in a way that is uh, decision-making as opposed to circumstance. Having to throw into tight windows, circumstance, based upon lack of separation by the wide receivers. Throwing short of the first down marker by a yard and a half, as opposed to Jameis Winston, who was throwing short of the first down marker by maybe half a yard. That's a different situation in which aggression is more of a choice as opposed to the favor of aggression when it comes to throwing into tight windows due to circumstance. So that's the way that this sort of passing game is changing a bit. The thing that you can find solace in is that as long as Trevor Simeon is the quarterback, you're still going to get three, four, five shots, 20 plus yards down the field. You might not get that with Taysom Hill, who might tuck and run in some of those same situations, and who might also, of course, see more designed runs, which will take away from the passing attempts. So when the New Orleans Saints have to make their decision about whether or not they're going to stick with Trevor Simeon, which I still think is the right decision because of what Adam, excuse me, because of what Taysom Hill brings you as a playmaker as a whole, but we'll see exactly what happens. All right, let's quickly run through some defensive standouts here. Uh, Alvin Kamara, of course, was a standout over on the offensive side. He also had some nice standout performances from guys like Ryan Ramchek as well as Eric McCoy. But when it comes to this game, a lot of the best performances came from the defensive side. And Marcus Davenport was absolutely one of them. Highest graded uh, pro football focus player uh, in this one. Two pressures, also had a sack, a forced fumble, and five run stops, defensive stops as well. He was phenomenal in the run game. And he 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 showed up in the pass rush game. You wish it maybe was a little bit more consistent there, but what a phenomenal day Marcus Davenport had in the run game in particular. Made some key stops, some tackles for a loss, all of that all over the field. It's really great seeing Marcus Davenport healthy and out there uh, because when he's healthy and he's out there, he's making some big plays. Uh, David Onyemata, also a huge day, had five pressures in this one. Cam Jordan had three pressures, including one sack, including his 22nd sack on Matt Ryan, extending his record as the defender, the defender that has the most sacks against any individual quarterback in the NFL. The player targeted the most in this game, Marshawn Lattimore, with nine targets in this one. He allowed six catches for uh uh, 70 yards and one touchdown. So not a great day. Spent most of his time actually in coverage on Russell Gage. That's where most of his targets came from in coverage, but he also had some time on 
guys like Cordero Patterson, as well as, of course, Kyle Pitts. Paul Sinadibo only gave up two catches in this game, but unfortunately, one of them was a three-yard touchdown, and the other one was a 64-yard catch and run by Cordero Patterson down the right sideline that ended up putting the Falcons in field goal range. So if you're going to give up two catches, maybe those aren't the ones that you want to give up. He still had more snaps, Paul Sinadibo did, than Bradley Roby. Will be interesting to see how much the Saints look at this and then maybe start to make more adjustments, especially with the injury to CJ Gardner-Johnson, which we'll end up getting more information on as injury reports start to come out later on this week. Um, Speaking of that, there was an interesting situation for the New Orleans Saints. Pete Werner made a couple of great plays, had some great run stops and some nice pressure plays as well. However, he ended up only playing 12 snaps in this game, and a lot of it was probably in favor of having the athletic Quan Alexander on the field. Quan Alexander played 46 snaps, so four times, you know, nearly four times as much as, uh, or four times as many snaps as uh, Pete Werner. But Quan Alexander was targeted five times, allowed five catches for 74 yards, no touchdowns, thankfully, but did give up a 118.8 passer rating when targeted. Meanwhile, Pete Werner looked pretty fantastic in this game. Now, he wasn't targeted, therefore, he didn't give up any catches, so we can't really evaluate him from a coverage standpoint until we get to tomorrow with Film Watch Wednesday. But does that mean that Pete Werner gets more opportunities in that area of the game? Will be very interesting to watch. So look, it, it's it was an interesting loss for the New Orleans Saints, one that they'll certainly continue to learn by, and we'll see how healthy they get uh, as they move ahead through uh, the rest of this week. And of course, the rest of this week means OBJ watch as well. We'll see if he gets picked up off of waivers later on today. If not, then he'll become a free agent, and surely the New Orleans Saints will be uh, making their bid to bring Odell Beckham Jr. back home to the Big Easy. We'll see if they can get it done. So we'll see what it is that the New Orleans Saints end up doing, what they're able to do, who's available, all of that. And we'll continue to break it down here every day, Monday through Friday on Locked on Saints. Tomorrow's Film Watch Wednesday. So we'll break down, of course, all of our uh, biggest moments, some of the biggest plays, and we'll take a look at some individual performances as well on tape. And we'll be joined by one of our friends from WWL as well for WWL Wednesday. I appreciate y'all very much for making us your first listen of the day here on Locked on Saints every single day. Now for your second listen, go and check out the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock, Matt Williamson, giving you everything that you need to know across the NFL in less than 30 minutes. For everything in between here on the show, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them and trust you that nation. I'll holla at you.